0: All right, let's have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. So much for us to talk about, but unfortunately, Vaughn, it just seems like it's all kind of depressing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was
1: honest. I I looked at the numbers yesterday, you know, and we broke 1,000 in the case count for the first time, and I thought this may not be the last time. As you know, we're still waiting for the full impact of spring break coming through. Um, There's no... Grounds for optimism on the case count at the moment, and looking across the country, I see uh, maybe uh, even tougher measures elsewhere in Canada. So, and around the world, you know, there's uh, the Germans are pretty upset and worried, the Italians are scrambling, uh, France the French scrambling, are scrambling. Yeah. So, um, not we're not all in the same boat together. The Americans seem to be doing pretty well because their government lined up a lot of vaccine supplies, so uh, but we're struggling. And, uh, you know, I know British Columbians are bothered by the, some, of, some British Columbians are bothered by the strong measures that were taken this week, but there may be an argument that we didn't do enough.
0: I would I would argue that as well. I mean, I think when the change in tone came from uh, health officials and the government, I think that was, to me, they, they saw something or they knew something, yeah. right, that was coming. And I think if you pay close enough attention, you can tell the warning signs were all there.
1: Yeah, they were, and one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting in in some of the background briefings we've had is um, the Whistler problem. So, uh, the way we keep data in British Columbia is the case count is based on where the person who got the case lives, not where they got, uh, co- not where they caught COVID nineteen and one of the things that happened was as the contact tracing goes on they started to notice a whole bunch of cases that were traced back to Whistler these are people who went on holiday to Whistler um, I heard a case here in Victoria of a family that went to Whistler uh, very disciplined uh, you know, uh, took their own food, uh, just went out and skied, didn't, didn't go to bars or anything And in a moment, without reflection, they got on a shuttle bus. And that's where they got exposed to COVID-19. So as they traced all that through, the contact tracing, that's not just why they cracked down on Whistler, which they did. But the government, uh, the, the public health officials also realized, you know, we've got cases in the pipeline all over British Columbia because people don't, especially when they're holidaying, especially when they're going to their cabins, as Dr. Henry suggested they could do, they're they're going from one region to another. Or, you know, they live in Surrey and they work in Vancouver Coastal. Or, you know, they live in Vancouver Coastal and they work in, in Fraser Health. So I think that's one reason why we've seen province-wide measures, in spite of, you know, we've heard the grumbling from people saying, well, why are you picking on my region when the problem is in Surrey? Well, it's heavy in Surrey, but there's a lot of other places in British Columbia where they're still gauging the full impact of what happened. And of course, Simi, we don't have all the numbers from spring break yet.
0: No, we don't. That's what I'm worried about, right? Is that it's only been a couple days, and we still have next week, I think we'll really feel the impact of that. Uh, I want to talk about this launch of the AstraZeneca vaccine at pharmacies. And the thing that gets me about this, Vaughn, is pharmacies were lobbying for months, the ability to distribute pharmacies. Then why is vaccines? Why then did it seem like there was no coherent plan when the time
1: actually came? Okay, so as I understand it, the government did make a deal with pharmacies that were members of the big pharmaceutical association for them to start distributing the vaccine. Right. And they made that deal, they worked it all out. And then, in very short notice, they discovered that they had, what was it, about 13,000, 14,000. Doses of AstraZeneca that had a best before date. I think the best before date was Sunday, so they had to get them out. So they decided to go through this network of pharmacies that they'd already set up, and that's why people who phoned uh, the other day, some pharmacies didn't know what the hell they were talking about, and others said, "Yeah, okay, we'll take a, a booking from you," you know. And some yeah. pharmacies said, you're going to have to come in because our phone line is over is overwhelmed. So it was a rush job to deal with an existing network they'd already set up but hadn't fully got up and running, and, and it was confusing. They didn't oversell the fact that they were doing it because they knew they only had a few thousand doses, uh, 13,500 doses spread over 150 pharmacies. That's why some pharmacies ran out right away. Now, I hear uh, that some of the pharmacies that are in the network are saying they're taking a waiting list. Yes. They're, they've been told by the government you're going to get more doses soon. And they're saying, okay, you're on the waiting list. We'll call you. You'll get your, your dose first. So I think... You know, they're going to have it better in the next go-round, but I can certainly see why people were confused and frustrated the other day.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I was one of these people trying to get this for my husband uh, and just trying to get it done. And everybody was different. Some of them, you could do it online. Some of them was a waiting list. Some of them were saying, actually, come on in and talk to us. And I thought, well, why are you encouraging people to come on in and line up and talk to you about this? Uh, It just seemed all over the map. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it was a, a last-minute scramble, I think partly brought on by, um, you know, the the fact that they realized they had these doses that were originally destined for um, first responders and so forth. And then we had the new rule that, you you know, you can't vaccinate anybody under the age of 55, or and they've got an expiry date on them. So they said, well, let's get these out the door and into people's arms, and then we'll try to get them more coherent plan together and uh, that's what yeah. happens uh, last minute scrambling and and people are get you know understandably frustrated and confused out there a lot of this stuff is um It is complicated. I heard from people who say, well, wait a minute, why are we vaccinating 55 to 65-year-olds and I'm 72 and I can't get vaccinated? Well, you're in a different stream, right? I realize that's probably not much consolation if you're waiting for your vaccine, but that's the reality of a country and a province with a shortage of vaccine, thanks to the federal government, a shortage of vaccine, Trying to make the best of limited supplies.
0: Well that's exactly it. And this is optional. Like these people yeah. you don't have to take this one. You can you don't wait. Have to. But let's talk about that age related rollout, because I had a couple emails on that this morning and, and I think we should talk about this more broadly. Is that people are going, Well why is it my turn coming? Why isn't my turn coming? It's not advancing as fast as it was a week ago because there's more people.
1: Yes. So we're working our way down through the age demographic and uh Happily, every time you drop a year or two, uh, more people are around. And so there's a lot more people standing in line who are 70 than were standing in line uh, among the 80-year-olds or the 90-year-olds. So that's why it's going a little more slowly. And again, uh, the government is scrambling with limited supplies. So, you know, they're told uh, this vaccine will arrive. Usually it does. Sometimes it's delayed a few days. Uh, they are, near as I can determine, Simi, getting all the vaccine into arms within reasonable period of time. But a couple of times over the last few weeks, they've come close to running out for the general cohort because the, de- the supply was delayed. Right. So, again, it's it's a scramble.
0: Well, we're going to be talking to Anita Anand, actually, uh, the minister in charge of that, coming up a little bit later on the show this morning. But, you know, Vaughn, there's nothing I love more than sarcastic Vaughn. So <laughs> let's talk about uh, Premier John Horgan and his, you know, no new taxes that we ran on for this re-election campaign, because today there are some new taxes. April
1: Fool's! (laughs) (laughs) So I'm listening to the Premier, as I always do, when he's on CKNW on Friday, and he was on with our friend Mike Smith, and Smith, of course, asked him about taxes, as he always does, and the Premier said, well, you know, we ran for re-election on no new taxes. So then the question is, yeah, well, well, what about this increase in the carbon tax, which takes effect today on gas at the pump and on home heating oil? And the premier goes, yeah. Well, well, well that increase is baked in, right? Oh, baked in. Yeah, <laughs> by who? John Horgan. Back in twenty seventeen, yeah, it goes exactly. up every year. So, so then, well, what about the the tax on sugary drinks? Yeah. Well, you know that was coming in last year, and we put it off for a year, but now it's taking effect. Okay. Well, what about the tax on home entertainment? Because if you've got Netflix or one of those services, you already heard that um, there's a tax That's now. Right. On home streaming services, you know, stay home, entertain yourselves, and we're going to tax you. Uh, so that one is, well, uh, yeah, that's coming today as well. So, how many exceptions is that to no new taxes? A few. Yeah, but these are not new taxes, Simi. These are old <laughs> new taxes. These are old new taxes. They were baked in before. And. The government is powerless in the face of this. This is this is you know, these were scheduled. They have to happen, right? So anyway. No like a, new taxes.
0: I love sarcastic
1: Vaughn. You <laughs> do that more often.
0: Vaughn, thank you so much for your time. April the twentieth
1: is the budget day. Let's see if there's any new new taxes. Oh well,
0: something to look forward to. Thank you <laughs> bye for bye. that, Vaughn. Vaughn Bomber from the Vancouver Sun there.